At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Would you like to know how to be discovered and be Forbes under 30 and understand what tremendous work uh, you might be able to establish and support others, like our guest that did something tremendously impactful that I cannot wait for him to share today. Welcome, it's Isabella Lombacare, the World Messenger, and inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. And I cannot wait to have this specific guest. We're uh, traveling all the way to the heart of Croatia. As fellow Croatian, I cannot wait to unpack not only what he is currently doing, but how he's making global waves on multiple fronts, not only as a Michelin restaurant um, chef, but also as someone who is also changing restaurant industry, who is fighting the base the restaurant industry is creating for so long and finding creative ways to make a tremendous impact, as well as support different charities and organizations around the world where they need the most help right now. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Mario Mandarich. Mario, welcome. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm That's doing... a quiet introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know, but you earned it. And I know it's sometimes hard to accept it's like, but you accomplished so much for someone who is so young and also who, who is making bold strides. Before we go into all of the different topics here that I already a little bit hinted, Mario, first of all, where did you grow up in Croatia and how did you get into passion for food? Well, I grew up down south in uh, Split on Dalmatian coast. You probably heard about Split. Yeah. It's an it's and a quite <laughs> and so much and uh, insane history, right? Uh, we have so yeah, crazy, yeah. Historic history there uh, that uh, shows and withstands from centuries to centuries. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. You played? Did you play soccer or did you play water polo or basketball? What sports did you play? Well, you I, I I tried with everything, but I wasn't good in anything, <laughs> so <laughs> was not long lived. <laughs> <laughs> because also Croatian, we're well known for a lot of amazing athletes, but guys also for amazing culinary chefs. And Mario is definitely one of those great examples. So yes. obviously, go ahead. Yeah, in the last few years, the culinary scene in Croatia is really de developing. And you were on kind of on the front front of that. So do you mind sharing what exactly uh, when you started your culinary adventure and when you were studying in London and also expanding things, uh, what did you discover, not only from your from self discovering that process, but also in culinary scene place? Well, uh, the beginnings were hard. Uh, that's for sure, because I've worked at uh, three Michelin star restaurants and it was long hours. But um, 
I I discovered that, that there's a lot of food waste and that's it's okay. So if you don't mind, if you want to just start, because a lot of people truly still don't know what Michelin restaurants are about. So if you mind just sharing first, how did you became so extremely good? Uh, obviously to be a uh, chef of top restaurants in the world with such a highest criteria uh, that not many actually either don't know yet or did not have a chance to experience. Well, um, as I said, you you have to work in uh, various different restaurants to uh, to develop your own style, uh, learn from the beginning, and just uh, stick to it. Stick to what you think it's the right way, and don't listen to anybody else. Because if you want to do something special, you have to be special, right? Mm. And then obviously to work in Michelin restaurants is insanely competitive. There are not many of Michelin restaurants around the world. And the ones that exist that are really good, uh, usually they're booked so much in advance and it's high expectations, high pressure, isn't it? It is, yes. Especially for the, especially for young chefs who work for 18 hours a day. It's a really competitive industry, definitely. Mm -hmm. And you were able to work in Michelin restaurants and now... Uh, uh, UK, and now you are running amazing Michelin restaurant in Croatia, in Zagreb, right? That's right, yes. The only one in Zagreb. <laughs> and how is the day going? Tell us a little bit from that first experience. How is it different and also what this gives you autonomy to do? Well, when I worked at the FedDuck in, uh, in the UK, uh, uh, I got back to Croatia actually in 2019 when I when I quit my job at the FedDuck to work for uh, this restaurant that I'm working for now, but uh, their sister restaurant. Uh, they, they were open, opening Noel in the in another part of Croatia, in Istria. It was called Noel Buje. So I quit the job at the FedDuck and I moved back to Croatia to run that restaurant. But I was um, uh, that was June of 2019 and after six months, the COVID strike. So we had to close the restaurant and I went back to the UK. I spent some time at uh, Gordon Ramsay restaurant, but I, I decided I want to go back home, want to go back to Croatia and try to make something out of it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, a few years went by and um, here I am now in um, Noel in Zagreb. That's fantastic. So with that in mind, you also did something and you pioneering something amazing, which I can't tell you live in the United States to see how much not only food in general, it's being wasted yet. We have a homelessness and people that are hungry, let alone what's going on in restaurant industry. So do you mind sharing with audience? What are you doing to uh, change that? Uh, the food waste. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I started my project in the UK when I noticed uh, the insane amount of food that's uh, ended up ending up in the, as a waste every day in restaurants. So I, the first thing that I did was uh, I created a pop up dinner with my friends, and we went around the uh, town and we around restaurants and we asked chefs what what ingredients do they have. They, they know they're not going to end up using and it will end up in the trash. So I got all kinds of things from zucchinis to ducks to even butter. Got everything and we, we did a seven course uh, meal out of ingredients that would end up as waste. Uh, and only at the end of dinner where everybody ate, we, we told our guests that 
And then we spoke about how to reduce food waste in in the restaurants, how to reduce it in uh, at home. And that was the start of the project. Uh, I, I named the project uh, Food Waste Awareness, and it grew so big that the Forbes picked it up. And I ended up on the Forbes 30 under 30 list when I was six months to my 30th birthday. <laughs> 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 it's meant to be Mario. <laughs> yeah. So now all the all the menus in oil are completely zero waste. And we are really proud of that because our menus are 22 courses. And to do completely 100 percent zero waste menus, 22 courses, that's a really that's a really tough job. As they say, almost mission impossible, and you make it impossible. So um, how do you do that? If you don't mind, just for, from sustainability standpoint, we're seeing so much shift in need, obviously. And specifically when you have organic grown um, produce or uh, ingredients that you constantly use and, and need, obviously it's all been based on demand and su uh, supply and demand. But uh, from zero waste, for anybody that is listening and watching, uh, wanted to either explore more, how did you start it? How did you um, came to that, uh, obviously, outcome that other can replicate? Well, it all started with that project in the UK. Uh, but then I started thinking more, more about it. And I noticed when I got back to Croatia that nobody's even talking about it. So I was the first one to start. I had some media following me because of uh, where I worked. Uh, there was no much Croatians that worked at three Michelin stars. So I got, uh, I got, how you say, scrutiny, right? <laughs> as soon as I got back home. Yeah. Uh, so I used that platform to educate people and to do different dinners and I'm I'm still still doing it today, especially now with Noel. That's fantastic. And for Noel, obviously, uh, that is adding not, not only, as you mentioned, different courses and, and also opportunity for others to sample that are visiting and locals, obviously, to partake in that. What is something on the menu that you're the most proud of? Well, uh, I, I I don't know in terms of dishes, because we only keep dish for three months on the menu. But uh, the whole concept I'm really proud of, because for instance, we have this bread course, where we have our uh, eight different kinds of sourdough bread. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it comes on a tray with the waiter, you choose which bread you want to try or various breads. And then what's left of that bread at the, at the evening, our pastry chef, she makes uh, an ice cream for this for the main dessert out of it. So everything is completely circled and everything is usable at the end. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. I, okay, I love sourdough bread. That's the kind of bread that I go to and then with the very good organic butter. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but I'm just, it's just like a, a specific Irish butter. I love Irish butter blend with that. So I'm curious, how do you turn that into ice cream? That must be amazing. We can always wait to be in Zagreb and try that. And I also love that you have a chance, obviously, to change every three months, seasonally, uh, different menu and, and bring people fresh perspectives. So even if you visited, uh, you was always going to be surprised, right? Yes, and even for chefs in the kitchen, it's fun because uh, you get used to doing the same thing, and it's not it's, that, that it's not challenging anymore. Like mm -hmm. at the Fed Duck, we 
when when we worked at the FedDoc, the FedDoc had the same menu all the time. I mean, it, it had, but um, yeah, I like to change things as often as I can. That's fantastic, keeping things unpredictable. But you did something else unpredictable. You also went on special mission in Africa, and as a result, you started something amazing. Uh, do you mind sharing about that project yes. and how you're supporting uh, others that are underprivileged and need more help and support? Yes, well, uh, my wife and me, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, we read an article about... Um, some information about how many children die during the in a year uh, from water problems in uh, in Uganda, and it's absurd because Uganda is a country that lies on on the water. There's Victoria Lakes there; it's the second biggest lake in the world. So water is there. You just have to find a way to dig and find it. So we decided to donate uh, water well to Uganda and. Uh, we did uh, charity dinners, three three charity dinners where we collected money for another well, and the water wells were around uh, five thousand euros at that time. So we went with the money for two water wells in Uganda, and the, the plan was to stay there for twenty days. But uh, when we saw where the money is going and how they're stealing it and the amount of corruption there we decided to stay and try to reorganize the project. So we stayed for three and a half months. And uh, long story short, we managed to crush the prices down to 1,800 euros. And those are the cheapest water wells now in Africa. And uh, we have built 108 water wells so far. Wow, it's a lot to unpack here. I, you're again, super humble, Mario. I love that. But obviously, impact and ripple effect that you're creating is tremendous. And I agree with you specifically what Uganda experienced during uh, wars and, and right now, how much specifically youth uh, it's um, being affected not only with the most basics, right? But uh, um, corruption is unfortunately very prevalent. Uh, prevalent around the different parts of the world. Uh, so I'm glad you mentioned that um, sometimes just given the money, right? You don't know where the money goes. Yeah. Uh, when you when you when you really stay a look at the system, then you have opportunity to change the system and create something amazing. Yeah, it was really it was really easy to reorganize everything. I mean I I, I still can't believe it. Now nobody's nobody's taking even a single euro out of the the, the entire 1,800 euros goes straight to the two person who is in charge of building a water well. So I got so I have people donating water wells from all all around the world, and uh, you get the drive link with all the photos. The our guy is Amar. His name is Amar, and he sends all the photos in uh, high quality and videos. Uh, opening ceremonies and uh, I mean each water well affects more than 500 lives immediately so with that amount of money to impact that much lives I don't think you can do if you're doing anything else I can't agree more because it's all about scaling up right but it's also finding the way and I love what you did understanding what true cost is and getting money to directly in the hands of people that are going to yeah. execute and implement it on uh, I'm sure you're very proud of that and it's just so great to see how that project is growing 
Um, what, if you don't mind, obviously you did so many different things already in your young life. And I'm curious, what is next in your bucket list? Well, my wife is pregnant, so that's next. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I'm so happy for both of you. Yeah, but no, no, thank you. But no more crazy adventures. That's for that's for sure. I went to Africa a couple of months ago when we were opening uh, our uh, 100 water well. Uh, we went to film a film a documentary about it, and I don't think I'll be going anytime soon again because the project is basically running itself now, uh, and I have to stay here and focus on the restaurant. I want to get a green star, maybe maybe second star, and we'll all working together to achieve changes here in Zagreb. That's beautiful. Seems like you are a green thumb, as they say, and you're able to find sustainability wherever you go. So I'm sure you're not going to only have reached the, your goals there, but um, when you look at so far what you did, sustainability seems like it's undertone on all of it and looking things for innovative approaches. Either we're talking about water and sustainability of communities or, or food, and also now how you run this amazing restaurant. Um, so by the, by the way, when is the documentary coming out? I'm, I'm really curious to see also. Well, they are assembling it now. I think it should be done in a month. Uh, and it was an independent company. So they will uh, do a documentary and they will sell it to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, my part of the money will go back to Waterwells project. That's amazing. So hopefully you guys get the phenomenal distribution because we need a hard one stories <laughs> uh, and we need something positive uh, to look forward to and show what's possible with a small, again, with men with vision and and and, and women with vision and support uh, that can make a huge, tremendous impact. But Mario, obviously you already carved and you're living and leading with your legacy. I'm curious, uh, based on all these years of experience, um, what would you be like to be known uh, for and be remembered by? Well, probably for the things that I did, especially in Africa. Hmm. Anything else? I mean, don't really know. I think that's it. <laughs> That's fantastic because, you know, I'm, I'm very connected to Africa as well and, and some other projects in Rwanda or other or other parts of it. Kenya, for example, where it's a lot of refugees and similar things. What do you, what did you do like? in uh, Rwanda? The, I'm sorry? What did you do in Rwanda? What kind uh, of projects? Some some of the humanitarian stuff around the peacekeeping and and post uh, post uh, ethnic cleansing and all of that are building trust and integration. But but why I'm bringing this up also knowing in Kenya how many refugees are and how much a struggle it is also in certain parts yeah. of geographic region. I just want to say this is a fantastic project. It can be replicated in other parts of the Africa as well. Um, yes, it can definitely. I mean, yeah, and. Uh, Speaking about Rwanda, you had Paul Bradbury on your podcast. He survived the yes. genocide there in 1993, right? 
Yes, and he did share that story. Uh, fortunately, during that time, I was actually surviving the ethnic cleansing, unfortunately, collapsed for me, Yugoslavia, specifically Sarajevo. And uh, afterwards, oh, I had a chance to run into uh, some of the people, actually one person specifically from Rwanda, um, uh, there where we had an opportunity to face each other and, and, and really look at things from perspective and contrast how world is. Um, so when we look at this, uh, Mario, obviously, um, what would you say for everyone that is trying to make a change? Obviously, you're a change maker, either you realize that or not, and your impact is an influence. It's obviously getting bigger and bigger as a result of it, because it's creating positive ripple effect. What would you suggest and recommend for someone who wants to try and it's not clear where to start and also wants to either contribute already to existing programs or created something new? So what would I say to somebody who's trying to make a change? Well, as I said, you have to just stick to your guts, stick to what you feel it's right and just go for it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are going to give you different advices, but uh, if they don't come from the specific area that you are trying to make it, then why would you listen to them? That's so very true. That's so very true. And the reason why I'm asking, because so many youth and so many people would like to make a change and impact, but they don't know where to start. And, I'll, and as you said, it's so much information out there, but it's always best to learn from someone like yourself who already been there and done it, right? You speak from experience. Yeah. I mean, I... I I, it was never my plan to make a change. It was just my plan to uh, touch the, prob the problem and try to see what I can do about it. Uh, when it comes to food waste awareness project, it was just, uh, it started as an idea to educate a few of the guests, like 20, 30 people from the industry, and it grew so big because of other people who joined the project. So I, uh, of course, I, 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 I didn't do it by myself. I just started the idea and I was surrounded with people who grabbed that idea and who did something out of it. I, and I think you have to surround yourself with people who are like-minded and because uh, alone you, you, you cannot do anything. That is so even true. With this, even with this water project. I mean, when we crashed the prices down, I had friends in medias in Croatia who posted articles about it. A uh, few of my friends that, uh, decided to donate first water wells. So that's how it all started. I mean, the project did, uh, did, did 108 water wells, but all the various people who donated to the project for the water wells are the ones who actually contributed to it. I just started it. And Mario, speaking of that, do you mind sharing for others that are watching and listening, maybe they don't want to start their project, but want to support your project. Where do they go and where they can find more information specific around the water wells in, in uh, Uganda? Well, they can just email me. I'm, I'm easy to reach uh, on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever. And I and then I will just give them the WhatsApp contact to Amar. Amar has the Revolut account because nothing else works in Uganda. And uh, it's pretty easy from there. They You just send the money uh, in the in the descri description of the transfer. You put what you want uh, the water wells to say, like donated by this and that. And the Amar takes care of, take, takes care of uh, everything else. So it's pretty, pretty easy. 
and the water will done in like 15 to 25 days maximum wow that quickly that is phenomenal and as you said you, it's helping over 500 plus people per each well that they're getting substantial yes, and it's not uh, just it's saving lives it's uh, it's really more than that i mean what we did with this documentary we filmed the village that was the second village that got water wells water well from our project and it had uh, uh, around 130 women who walk around six hours each day to get some muddy water that they would bring back to the village uh, and now they all of a the sudden they have a water source in front of them so they don't have to walk for six hours but they are so used to walking they don't know what to do they have to be physically active so they started watering some plants and they started selling those plants around different villages and they uh, they gathered enough money to buy a sewing machine so they started to sew and uh, in two years, they got enough money to to uh, buy another sewing machine. And now they, they are educating kids. They opened the school. They are working. I mean, the quality of life is just amazingly different. Just it's one water source. That is fantastic. I love that, uh, how much, again, people are creative and finding ways and avenues to better their life. And I'm also glad that you are in midst of everything you've been going through and helping, obviously, to grow your business and also uh, serve in such a high demand job, also find ways to help others. That That is remarkable. Um, I'm curious, uh, Mario, obviously with Michelin opening, is it your goal and objective open more restaurants in Croatia uh, and run or or what, what what are your goal future goals? Well, not for now, definitely. One, one is enough and um, I need to focus and the entire team needs to focus on this one uh, because uh, I just took over a few months ago. So now we have to retain a star and then uh, we just want to be better every year. So we have to work together towards that goal and opening more restaurants now would not be a good idea. And speaking of that, obviously since restaurant it's in being in your hands, what what are critics are saying? What what people that are being uh, actually ex experiencing the not only beautiful ambient, but also the great food? What is the feedback that you're receiving so far? Well, uh well everybody's everybody likes it uh i don't want to brag but <laughs> i'm to brag please come on don't be humble please <laughs> yeah the critics love it that's great that's great because noel noel exists as an institution before me so i just uh, continue that uh, that uh, work that they are they are already doing and i'm trying to lift it to one level up in terms of educating people and uh, zero waste and sustainability. Um, what a phenomenal, again, journey and as well as of opportunity. In closing, is there anything else that you'd like to share for our global audience here on Legacy Leaders? Because you obviously are not only living and leading with your legacy, you already established phenomenal legacy. And for everyone watching and listening, what a great way to learn that even if you're young and ambitious and wanted to put your passion in things that interest you, everything is possible. 
Well, yeah, and if you ever come to Croatia, reach out. I'm I'm here. <laughs> and the best way to reach you, Mario, obviously, as you mentioned, is through Instagram, through LinkedIn. Yeah, there's an there's an email on my Instagram. If you if you click uh, contact, it will open a, in an email that I have an access to. So that's yeah. brilliant. And I, what I love about your leadership and leadership approach is you are accessible. So many people are not, and as a result, that hinders the growth, communication, well, you... and opportunities. Mm -hmm. If you ask my wife, I'm way too <laughs> approachable, available. <laughs> Everybody's good. calling me. My phone is ringing like a thousand times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that has also flip side. So sometimes it's very important to set up some of the boundaries. And hopefully with the baby that it's on its way, uh, things a little bit change there as well. But uh, from leadership standpoint, it's a great to also people can hear firsthand message from you versus from you know others and uh and nothing best than truly build a rapport with you directly so yeah thank you thank you mario we really appreciate your uh guest appearance and i look forward to bringing you down the road i cannot wait to experience noel myself and uh we'll chat soon. when are you coming I'm planning to be in um, Zagreb, hopefully before May. I'm I'm trying to okay. pick a couple of dates. If not, then I'll end of August, beginning of September. So okay, yeah, nice. I will, I will coordinate. I will definitely make sure that I meet with Paul, and probably what we're gonna do is definitely come and visit you. So we'll see. Yeah, you have to come together, definitely. We will, and good luck with the baby. When are you expecting baby? uh 19th of may oh so it's going to be in very soon good yeah, luck yeah. with everything and cannot wait to hear more of what amazing things you're going to do okay thanks take See care bye-bye thank you for listening to legacy leader show if you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience then please leave us a positive rating in addition Leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.